Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirsch, and there's I'm, Andy Wood. Damn it. Oh, I thought you <laughs> could never get that right. No, you go. Ready? <laughs> I'm Andy hey, Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yep. It's a very hot Tuesday evening. I don't like this. I don't like this. This, isn't, this is like Midwest summer kind of stuff. Like just an oppressive it's muggy. humidity. It's a, mug, it's a muggy day for Los yeah. Angeles. And should we just get straight into our guest? I think we should. Let's just kick it right off. I just found out my neighbor, but you didn't make it to the block party we just had. I know. It's, I feel very bad. <laughs> it's Kara Clank. Hi. Guilty. Hello. Hey, Kara. I am an Andy Wood neighbor, and I love a good block party, but I didn't find out about it till too late. You know. <laughs> was, that, was that a boo? Was that like a... Oh, that, that was, was, that was a one block of the, party sound effect. One of the stories that we're doing today is on a website that also plays a video, which Ugh. I hate. I hate autoplay it's videos. The worst. And I if you're listening and you run a website, stop the autoplay video. Yeah, particularly where if you're trying to load it up on your phone, because then it just goes full screen video when you're halfway through the article. Yeah. It's incredibly irritating. Yeah. Poor design. I was hoping you just started, like, that you got a soundboard and we're going to become like a morning zoo kind of oh, show. Oh, yeah. yes. Z100. Yeah. Yeah, block party. <laughs> <laughs> Such a pointless sound effect. That's pretty much what it sounded like. It was pretty cool, though. Like, there were a lot of free food things. Like, someone got a full in and out truck that was completely free. I saw that because I walked by it at its end. And yeah. I saw the in and out truck. And I saw, like, kids running with balloons. Like, everyone seemed very happy that was leaving right. away from it. And so, Marsha, my neighbor, Marsha Neumeyer, who you may know as Sparky Pop. Do you know that name? No. Do you? Uh, she's in the comedy world. She listens. So, hello, Marsha. Um, she ran the Hello Kitty karaoke booth, you might have noticed. Oh, I saw some music playing. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like I was just catching the very uh, end of it, but everybody seemed so psyched that was leaving it. So it was, it was cool. The only thing that was a little bit like problematic is a lot of the free things were funded by the developers that are putting in all these super. Oh no, they're, really, they're buying our silence. Yeah. So it's oh, like, hey, Globo Jim, happy yeah. fun time. <laughs> Uh, this, party is developments, by, right? this party is sponsored by Jerk yeah, Vacation. Enjoy it while you can. You'll be out of here in two years. Exactly. Put your hands in the air like we're pushing up rent. Yeah. <laughs> Who likes $3,000 studio apartments? Let me hear Woo-woo! you. Oh my God. That's, that's what I moved here domain. to escape New York. Yeah, those no, the, rents. This new building on the corner here, um, I think I heard a rumor that there's studios that go for three grand in there. Oh my god, <laughs> it's insane. That is expensive. But that In and Out Burger was free of charge. That's so really there nice. That. There is that. Yeah. I didn't know until recently that the In and Out Burger people are religious. Did you know that? I what? did know that. Did, oh, next yeah, time you, you go, get a drink. And the bottom of the cups, like if you look at the bottom of the cups, they have Bible verses. Oh, now that you say that, I do remember It says that. like John 3.16 or whatever. Yeah. So why is it all the good, like, I know. same with Chick-fil-A, right? That's why they... Yeah. Well, yeah. Chick-fil-A is anti-gay marriage and stuff. I've never yeah, heard Chick-fil-A anything of that. Chick-fil-A like sort of eat... I think, I think In-N-Out Burger don't actively fund shitty organizations. No. Whereas yeah. Chick-fil-A do they're like the two things they believe in are chicken sandwiches and, and heterosexual <laughs> love yes. that is such a strange thing to like still put your foot down about in this i day know like, you're not gonna win this one you know you know you're not, you're not gonna turn back the clock on this, yeah. this issue it's well who knows our president might be willing to yeah, help yeah. lend a helping hand in some clock rewinding god I, we can't we can't talk about Trump every week, but like, what? No. It's getting amazing. Oh. It's getting like even. Well, I don't know if you guys have ever had Marcella Arguello on your show. She's a wonderful LA comic, but she wrote something on Twitter that was like, oh my God, this episode of America is the best. <laughs> like the Scaramucci firing day. It's like, it's true. It's like we're watching General Hospital, I'm, but I'm, it's the United States government. I'm currently working on a topical show and it's both thrilling and depressing. I me. bet. So like it, it like, Half the time you're just because it is sad. Like you just read every day. I have to read all of the news. Oh yeah, my- and then I get deeply sad at the state of the world, and then I hopefully turn some of that into something amusing. Yeah, yeah. my husband writes on a late night show, and I want I like to listen to NPR in the morning, and he won't let me listen to it on the way to work because he's like, "This is my whole." Day. I can't. Yeah. He's like, yeah. "This is my whole day. I need ten minutes of yeah. not this before I go." We did. Did we talk off or on? 
Mike, last week about Todd Levin's article. Was that on the show or just after? Uh, I think it was afterwards. Okay. Well, everyone should go look up uh, Todd Levin's article about why Trump is, in fact, not good for comedy and how awful it is to be oh, a comedy Oh, I love him. He's so era. funny. I want to look that up. I don't know. What, what was it? It was like Sunday Magazine. I forgot the name of the... I'm sure if you Google Todd Levin, Trump. Trump. It'll come up. Find. Yeah. Yeah, because I've had that in a... Like, like uh, interviews and stuff. I, I was talking to someone the other day on some interview, and they were like, oh, it's going to be great having Trump uh, as president to write jokes. I'm like, no. Yeah. Firstly, just before we get into even the logistics of it, like the monster you'd have to, like, the, oh, the, like just, 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 to want, you'd be. Yeah. just to want Trump to, yeah, it's brilliant. It's great right. how, you know, I- immigrants are terrified for their lives and gay and trans people are possibly getting kicked out of the military and... Chuckles a lot. Chuckles a lot. Right. This is right. yeah. Um, right jokes. But uh, but even, beyond that, no, it's fucking not. It it Trump is it like there's so many people doing jokes about Trump. It, Trump is very hard to write original comedy about. Yeah, he's very easy to write the same takes that everyone else is right. doing. Right, but like, to write something original that's different from the original thing that. Colbert, Seth Meyers, The Daily Show, Samantha B, Samantha B, John yeah. Oliver, uh, everyone, like it's, everyone, it's like and someone, all of Twitter have written. But it's like if someone hands you a sheet of paper that has a joke written on it, and then says, "Write a joke about this." Like, oh, a, a joke about the joke. What are you yeah. talking? Or like if you're doing improv and the suggestion you get is dildo. Like, no, you just give us a regular word. Yeah, we'll make it funny. If you yeah. start with the crazy, th- right? It's already crazy. Table. There's nowhere to yeah. go. And yeah. then let one of the improvisers come out and put a dildo on that yeah. table. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I just recommended that two of my relatives that came to LA for the weekend, they wanted to go see a show. I wasn't on anything. So I was like, Oh, go to the improv lab. There's a good lineup. And the afterwards I met them for brunch the next day and they were like, it was, I thought that there would be more political humor. They like wanted what? political Who humor, and I was like, right "No, like people that don't go to comedy all the time." Yeah, I think, yeah, and yeah. so like we're all, I think, burnt out on it. Like I don't want to hear any of that. And yet we are talking. And yet here we are. I mean, I kind of will talk about it forever. I, I, yeah, it's like the thing. I forgot who first said this when he got elected, but um, it is kind of cool that we get to live through this era that will be the week no one misses in history class. Yeah, when kids get to learn about this, yeah, years they'll be like, "What happened?" I know the fact that children of the future are going to have to study like pussy grabbing and yeah, Scaramucci's cock sucking Steve Bannon. Right. Well, I think Scaramucci might actually fade into obscurity. That might be that. might be more of a trivia it was 10 days he might actually just be a blip has an actual White House appointee ever accused someone of sucking their own cock I don't think that's ever happened not on the record not not to the the New Yorker on the record yeah and there's a ton of there's a ton of presidents that weren't around for the internet age so I'm sure there was some cock sucking going on but yeah this will be the period when when the teacher feels like he's losing the class he'll turn his chair on backwards (laughs) (laughs) all right guys all right guys real talk (laughs) what if I told you 2017 yeah um, but uh, yeah, but it is also this when the when Scaramucci got fired when we heard the news. In I the couldn't office yesterday. It was just yesterday. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. Oh my! That was God. yesterday. <laughs> it was literally. A, and oh. I don't think he was it yesterday because we did a thing about it on the show today. And I'm trying to remember whether we had like a one day or two day turnover. Yeah. But no, it was a one day turnover. <laughs> it was like yeah, it was like yesterday. I just remember halfway through the. It was like it was just after lunch. I think Suba was. We were doing like one of the read throughs, and then uh of the script and then Suba just turned the friend of the show turned to the room and Scaramucci's just being fired <laughs> like what the fuck like, stop everything. 10 days yeah 10 days and, yeah and I was enjoying the Scaramucci humor like Seth Meyers had some good he called him uh, like a human pinky ring oh yeah <laughs> embodied- I, 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 what if a tanning bed was a person right. <laughs> is what John Oliver said a walking double parked BMW <laughs> <laughs> oh I like that one yeah. That's really good. I like, I hate to say it, like cheesy memes are not really my thing, but there are these memes of how to lose a guy in 10 days yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's just Scaramucci Trump yeah. and it, they, it just made me laugh because 10 days, it's ten crazy. Days. It's absurd. Yeah. And, no, and no one in their camp, and, that's a, I, and then we'll move on, I swear, but like no one in their camp will admit that this is not Well, normal. actually, <laughs> I was just reading a article that I saved on Facebook today that was by uh, a Republican. Oh, shoot. His, I think his last name is Flake. Jeff is Flake. Yeah. yeah. He wrote an article in, on Politico that was like blaming his own party, being like, we have to stop this. Like, winning over. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We've let this happen. So that's a, a shout out 
of something fun to read. But two, yes, two but I would say you're you're generally right, and they are acting like nothing is yep, everything's this is cool. What you do. Um, and we should get to some get to some science. science. You know, people don't want don't come to us for you guys. Yeah. All listen to Pod Save America. You guys know, get your stuff elsewhere. Hey, mm-hmm. Cara, we like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories. What if anything is your background in science? And that's ranged from like I have a PhD in it to I would like to blow stuff in the wood up in the woods with my friends when I was a kid. Um, so I did a few classes in college, or I had a teacher I liked or I hated. Well, I went to public school and took all the science classes in the state of Connecticut. But I also um, took in college a forensic science class that I was obsessed with because I'm Damn. like very into murder and such, like many women. And um, and. I don't know. I believe in science over religion, and I like science. I mean, I, I like to keep up with it, but I wouldn't. I'm. I would never fancy myself any kind of scientist. Do, or do anything. you remember any of the stuff you learned from the forensic science class? Yes. Okay. So in my forensic science class, well, we learned like we learned how to like subliminate fingerprints, like make fingerprints come out of off of things, and um, with by subliminating it with this kind of chemical smoke, but. We also learned about hair follicles that like um, when you're looking at a piece of hair, uh, you have a you have like a canal that runs through every strand of your hair called a a medulla. And if it's continuous, usually you're Asian because that's why they have such straight, thick hair. Mm -hmm. But if it's broken up in different places, you have curly. It's like how how they do a lot of hair analysis comparison. Although forensic science changes all the time. Like basically blood splatter analysis is now like out completely. So So they've said that recently that exactly Dexter is a complete hoax. But like they've said that it's so easy in blood splatter analysis to make something look like what you want it to look like mm-hmm. you know well th- this is interesting because there's uh this was from a couple of years ago but when you talk about forensic science being mm-hmm. changed uh in 2015 the justice department and the fbi had to formally acknowledge that nearly every examiner in an elite fbi forensic unit gave floor testimony in almost all trials in which they offered evidence against criminal defendants based on their on hair. Yeah, hair is like gone now. Really? Yeah, wow. hair is out. Blood spatter is pretty much out as well. Of Twenty-eight examiners with the FBI lab's uh, microscopic hair comparison unit. Twenty-six overstated forensic matches in ways that favored prosecutors in more than ninety-five percent of the two hundred sixty-eight trials reviewed. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, these they included 32 defendants sentenced to death. <gasps> of those, 14 have been executed or died in prison. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like I'm terrifying. I'm so glad I took this down yeah. this well, there, road. There, well, there was also a, a story. I, I can't remember who did the... There was a long story. Maybe it was in The New Yorker. It was a great article about a terrible story, but about some guy who was convicted of killing his children by arson. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and I'll see if I can find that story. But again, it was like he was convicted on the basis of expert analysis by this fire safety expert. And it was all basically folksy, passed down knowledge of what fire can do and doesn't, right. what oh, fire yeah. damage does and doesn't look like. And like, and this guy, the guy, the forensic exam or the expert has subsequently died before he sort of faced up to the evidence. Because people have got convicted and this guy was, I think, executed. But it was it was all sort of um, it was all kind of junk cargo cult science. He like watched like, backdraft yeah. three times and yeah. was like, "I know what happened." He was basically just like assuming things like, "Oh, fire, fire with this kind of pattern can only come if there's been an accelerant. It can't form naturally from uh, uh, and and various things like that." And then, yeah. um, well, I'm guessing there aren't a lot of labs that are doing like full scale recreations of burning houses down. No, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's the kind of stuff you have to do if you want to be accurate about that. You like real science isn't sort of reverse engineering from the results. You have to exactly. Well, that's what they say about blood spatter too. It's like if a prosecutor's like, "I need you to prove that this object went into their head and created this." You can. It's there's a way to create it in a million different, like a bunch of different right. Ways. I can I can totally imagine that, and I can also imagine that this science, and I use that term with like. Air Huge quotes. quotes, yeah. Uh, this science of blood splatter was probably all reverse engineered by someone going, "Yeah, that's pro- that's what this looks mm-hmm. like." It just give and and it goes down in the books and it and gets passed down like- from person to person, and it took. And it becomes the received wisdom, and yeah. it's just bullshit. Yeah, and if you have like a public defender, then you're not get you're not paying for witnesses that are going to refute those those experts, right? You're and that's a lot of what happens in these yeah. cases yeah. as well, where you don't you don't, and even if you do, it's very hard to cut. You know, you have this guy who's. 
who's a who has the qualifications that claim he's an expert in the field and he's been an expert witness in all these cases for 30 years mm-hmm. and he stands there and goes with all my expert knowledge as passed to me by all, by uh uh this could only have been caused by arson this is definitely not a natural fire or this can only have been caused by a a weapon striking and splattering the blood in this direction and it's pretty freaking believable uh yeah, yeah so that they were they have subsequently done studies and burnt houses in different conditions and found out that you 100% can have those burn patterns from natural fires. Yeah. Yeah, and the hair thing too, it's like, it's important to find hairs because if there's like a root on it, you can get DNA. But just examining a hair under a microscope, oh, so a person with the, the same... DNA from the hair is not valid. The DNA from the hair is valid. They're just yeah, the actual... the actual like, hair itself. Like, curliness this hair... Like, non- in this class I took, which granted was like 13 years ago, like we would compare hairs and be like oh it was obviously this person but they're not unique like fingerprints they're not it's not snowflake right right, right. you know yeah here we go Cameron uh, Todd Wellingham is the is the guy we've talked about him I think on the show a while ago uh, and there's this long story in the New Yorker that's great uh, all about I'll post it Ooh, in the show I would notes. love to read that that sounds awesome by the way this caused me to Google I realized I've never really learned what the difference between spatter and splatter is. I think I've just used those words interchangeably. And uh, any guesses? No. Matt? Uh, Spatter seems like less. I would say (laughs) splatter is when something's been splashed and spatter is a made-up word. No, they're both legit. Um, To spatter is to scatter or dash a liquid in small drops. The small drops are key. For example, light rain might spatter the roof. Splatter, which came later, this is according to Grammarist.com, which I think we can trust. Uh, splatter, which came later, was probably formed by blending splash and spatter. Has a similar meaning, but doesn't necessarily involve small drops. A splatter of liquid might be large and messy. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I think spatter, to me, seems like a, like a smattering, Yeah, which is so another, a whole other word. But like a sm- spatter seems like, oh, just like a, a mist, whereas splatter right. seems like... Like it would have a sound it effect. Seems to be the, and then let's see. Grammar Lee says uh, splatter is the pattern of drops that result from splattering. Spat. Oh Jesus, this is a long article. Oh my God, I'm not gonna even. I <laughs> this oh, might be. We agree. start a new podcast. <laughs> so I guess for our purposes, it's it's always probably spatter for the evidence. Blood spatter blood analysis. analysis. I guess. Yeah. But is splatter the? They're both verbs. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's a disaster, Andy. Yeah, I really, I got, I got some work to do. I got to dig in, and roll up my <laughs> sleeves, and get to the bottom of this spatter splatter mess. Um, so, did you do anything with did, when you took the class? Did you have any like designs on getting into? Uh, no, CSI I mean, I knew type? that I like really would never have the uh, math and science skills to get into a profession oh. like that. But I just, I loved it. Like Dr. Henry Lee came and spoke at our school, and know. like that- he was, he did the OJ case. He's like a, oh. this. Um, he's this man who's done like uh, he's a forensic analyst, analyst or a forensic pathologist i don't know what you call it but he's done like every major case john benet stuff he's weighed in on like he's weighed in on like everything and um and so i just thought it was an awesome an awesome class and it was my science requirement that's awesome was it one of those classes you have to sign up early for because yes i had to like fight people to do it because it was like the only one that wasn't like a horrible science requirement yeah but uh i love reading about like whatever's you know the new discoveries are and the new i like reading about science information i wouldn't say i subscribe to any serious periodicals That's or anything a, but don't, don't I, ask that of our guests i try you don't, don't either in <laughs> fact uh more times than not i'll get locked out of an article midway through the show because i've hit my like five articles oh you're free yeah i have happens to me on new york times all the time yeah can you just do an incognito tab for most of those and you, then get you past can it yeah because a lot of them yeah. just use cookies and now I'm writing on a show that has a subscription to those places. Oh, nice. I had a friend who recently told me, he goes, I figured out how to get around the paywall at New York Times. And I go, oh, what? Thinking it was like incognito tab. Yeah. He goes, when I open it, I quickly command A. I, I do. And then I copy and paste it, it into Word. It. And I was like... That's so fucking insane. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's pretty like, smart. But he, he was like, I did it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, you've got like picture go files <laughs> and like all kinds of stuff in your word. I just I thought it was so funny. He thought he'd like crack the code. I mean, technically, he technically found a way he to did. read the article for sure, for sure. And you get to choose your own. But font. you're saying I can just yeah, exactly. Yeah, I put I put all that shit in Avenir. <laughs> um, but you're saying you can just put it in a. Uh, incognito if, if you open it, Yeah, if you open it in incognito mode, it doesn't save the cookies. It does it with cookies. Look at this guy and all his cookie dog. I've always heard that. Yeah, I, recently I've been searching for flights in incognito, but I'm not sure it actually... I don't know oh, if that's true. I actually have yeah. heard that also. I try to search for flights incognito. I don't, I don't know that it's... It says that it saves your cookies and like and bumps up prices to make, to make you feel like you're, you need to buy now. Yeah, I'm not sure. Who knows? I'm not sure about that. But whatever, I guess there's no harm in... And, try, and doing it right, Matt. What do you want to get into first here? Uh, I quite like this worm story that I just found. A worm story? Yeah, eating story a lower calorie diet improves learning ability in worms. So I don't, it's, a, it's a win-win. You also yeah, I don't know if you've been having there. trouble with your worms, like really struggling to crack down and learn. Ugh, they're like basically illiterate. They're just they can't. It's really annoying. You can't make them focus. Ugh. I ask for simple assignments. And they can't even deliver. They've been getting a little pudgy, so this is kind yeah. of killing two birds. It's embarrassing then when you have worms, fat worms so, at the yeah. playground. So, um, so yeah, they, they already had an inkling of the benefits of calorie restrictions, such as greater longevity in flies, mice, and monkeys. But now Kave Ashrahi, uh, Ashrafi rather, at the University of oh, uh, Univ- uh, UCSF, has found it may also boost the brain. How, it, how do they measure... Worm, worm brains worm yeah like i will tell you how they measured it so a particular type of round worm that has a latin name i'm not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> they trained they trained them to associate the scent of a chemical butanone with a food reward the proportion of worms that migrated from the center of a circle to one side laced with butanone rather than the opposite side that smelled of alcohol showed how well they had learned this lesson the worms tested had either eaten freely or fasted for one hour or had a calorie restricted diet. The fasted p- is great because it implies like uh, intent on the part of the worm. <laughs> yeah. They're just I've on a got cleanse. A belief system, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the proportion of worms on a diet of half the normal calories that migrated was double than that for those that were allowed to eat freely. The same was true for the worms that had fasted, suggesting that low-calorie diets and short-term fasts have similar effects. Eating fewer calories may work by depleting a brain chemical called kynurenic acid, which in turn activates neurons involved in learning. When the team reduced kynurenic acid, the worm's learning improved without calorie restriction. See, that was going to be my question, because I figured, like, you're training them to respond to food. Surely... Yeah, the ones the, the, that um, hungry, are hungrier yeah. are gonna want to go to the food more eagerly. But yeah. anyway, but uh, also like, aren't what's the purpose of this? Because like worms are not mammals; they're not built like us, really, in any way. Well, it like, says there are signs of a similar phenomenon in mammals. Okay, a 2008 study found that people around the age of 60 who cut their calories by 30 percent were better at learning a list of words. Which makes evolutionary sense, says uh, Devin Wall at the University of Sydney. I will say, I will say, like, my husband and I, right before our wedding, like, six months before our wedding, we went on, like, a vegan, like, very healthy diet to try to, like, slim down and look good for our wedding. And, like, I had so much more energy. I was, like, much more focused, like, just on... Really? Cleaner eating cleaner. I mean, it could have. I don't know if it was necessarily like calorie. You like no, we weren't fasting. We were eating three yeah. meals a day, but yeah. they were just not fat, like fat heavy, like no dairy. It was all. It was fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and legumes only. Yeah. It was. It was a very intensive diet because you had to make everything yourself at home. Like you I mean, could that's barely also eat a out lot with of it. shitting. Yeah, but. We felt great. My husband lost twenty five pounds. I mean, I lost. I lost nothing, but I looked good, (laughs) and uh, and I felt really focused and like really like I woke up in the morning and was like not groggy. Like so, I will say yeah that. But I don't know if that's the same thing as just like less calories means. Well, well, here's the evolutionary explanation according to Devin Well from Sydney. Your brain needs to be functioning at a high level when you're on the hunt for food because you're trying to beat competitors. Once you've had a big meal, you just want to sleep. Yeah. However, you can tip too far. Strong hunger has been found to impair cognitive function, 
possibly because it makes us preoccupied with thoughts of food. And that's sort of counter to that thing. I forgot which book about um, brain functioning and like snap judgments versus measured decisions, but like that anecdote about judges. Is it the thinking fast? Yeah, it's either thinking fast and slow or how the brain... uh, Is it the Daniel Pinker? There's some anecdote about judges. um, If you look at over the course of their day, how often they grant um, requested... um, whether it was pardons, like basically when, when, when saying no would require very little brain power and saying yeah and agreeing to this thing would require some deliberation basically af- leading up until meals um, when they're lower on blood sugar and hungrier, they'll make more of the easy no Snap decisions. decisions Cause, yeah, yeah. Cause like your brain, there's an actual like chemical cost to doing high level brain processing so if you don't have as much food in your system as much blood sugar it's harder to make those you'll just be inclined to go with your quick instinct instead Mm. of like taking time to taking effort taking brain effort to uh so that would imply like being hungry makes you worse at that kind of cognitive functioning but maybe that's a different kind of functioning i don't know Mm mm-hmm yeah, for worms, uh, low yeah. calorie equals wa- gets smarter, sort of. And I, I wonder also as well, like your brain needs energy, your brain needs sustenance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have this doesn't this definitely doesn't mean if you need to learn something, you're cramming for an exam, starve yourself. No, of course not. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's the line? How many cal- how many calories are we talking about? I just had every. By the way, I ate everything at this. Uh, <laughs> at this street fair so I don't know if I'm a better or worse podcast host because we had In-N-Out we had, Jones had pizza Food Lab had salad there were hot dogs and I didn't realize that was that stuff God. I thought it was just a few street oh, things no, 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 and no. like some locals I had made some tacos and I didn't realize good restaurants had actually all the restaurants in and out stuff and I ate everything oh Jones has good pizza yeah it's yeah really you good. had Jones there like you guys had like gourmet stuff why did I not go to this thing I told, I told you guys to come you I know I just it. I had plans earlier but um I also think, isn't there differences between calorie? Like, I mean, are we just like, or cal- is a calorie just a calorie, just a calorie? Because isn't there a difference between getting your calories from like an avocado versus getting it from like a package of Twinkies? Like, yeah. doesn't that stuff make you feel cloudy with sugar ups and downs and well, stuff like that? Well, there, and even we had a story um, last week about, um, or two weeks ago, about, was it about avocados and about coconuts? About cutting your hands? Uh, no, I'm going to find it because people wrote in about... Oh, that's right. Coconut oil. Yeah, people... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coconut oil is like a big... Um, well, now people are... Hold on a second. Are people turning it. on coconut oil? But listen to Simon well, Martindale. Actually, this was about four weeks ago now. Said coconut oil is great. Great for you. Contradicting the article. Said coconut oil is great for you because it's similar to animal fat. I was making the argument that fat is nowhere near as bad as it was previously thought. And uh, sugar is generally far worse. Yeah, sugar is like cocaine, basically, right? And for example, mentions things like France has the highest rate of saturated fat consumption and for, uh, but has the lowest heart disease nationally and fats, especially animal fats, have been part of the human diet for millennia. And in the 80s, uh, UK and US sugar consumption was increased and fat consumption reduced and both heart disease and similar health problems trebled or quadrupled. So it's all when Coke switched to high fructose corn syrup, yeah. man. It's all it's Nixon's ha- it's agriculture secretary. It's process stuff. That's the problem. Government surpluses of corn and subsidies. And <laughs> um, and also there was some clearing up as well from Christina Ruiz, uh, who also I think I suddenly remembered I owed you a tweet back. I think you were at the taping of a podcast I did and tweeted at me and I forgot to reply. Hey, Christina. There's a listener the crack, who... The cracked one? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, listeners, go check out the Crack Podcast. Matt's episode was probably like three weeks ago. I think so. Yeah. Check that out. But uh, also wrote in an extra thing about saturated and unsaturated fats. So saturated fat is considered to be the bad fat and unsaturated is considered the good one. Saturated fat is named as such because it's saturated with hydrogen atoms and contains single bonded carbon atoms. This allows it to stack on itself better and form bigger clumps that lead to more artery clogging. Saturated fats tend to be solid at room temperature, e.g. lard and coconut oil. Trans fats are created in an industrial process that adds hydrogen to liquid vegetable oils to make them more solid. They've been hydrogenated. 
Unsaturated fats come in two kinds, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated, and have less hydrogen atoms per carbon atom. Monounsaturated fats have one double bond in their carbon chain, and polyunsaturated fats have multiple double bonds in their carbon chain. They're usually liquid at room temperature, like vegetable oil, because the double bonds create a kink that makes them not stack on each other as well, on top of each other as well. And avocados get 75% of energy from fat, most of which is monounsaturated. It also contains omega-3 fatty acid, which is a type of polyunsaturated fat and good for brain health. Mm. So for now, Andy can keep eating avocados. Uh, yeah, I've just... Cheers, Christina. Oh, I just had avocado today, so I hope oh, so. Well done, you. <laughs> That's why how, I feel you, so smart on this podcast. Did you cut it yourself? I did. How did you cut it? I, I cut it all the way around, uh-huh. and then I twist it, uh-huh. and then I slam a knife into the pit the and twist it to uh-huh. get it out. And why? Then, then what'd you do? Well, once you have the half, well, I was doing a, I do, I do hello fresh, which is like a delivery meal prep service. So what I was supposed to do is slice one half and then mush up the other half. So that's what I did. Oh, okay. So you never like sliced, uh, like the listeners can't see what I'm doing while you're holding the half avocado. That's what I did do. Oh, okay. Because we did an article last week about how there's lots of uh, UK avocado hand injuries. Oh, no. They're new to avocados. They're slicing through the By avocado the way, into, into their, their hands. hands. Not new to avocado. I should have mentioned this avocados. last week. But like, you're new to <laughs> I love the idea that like avocados are just hitting yeah. the UK. Like guacamole? <laughs> like... Like and there's just yeah there's I'll, I'd love some guacamole please. <laughs> Gov- government safety announcements. Remember, people, <laughs> remove the skin before eating the avocado. <laughs> the pit is not edible. Yeah. Do not consume the skin or stone of the avocado. <laughs> These are all in the keep calm font. Yeah, exactly. The crown. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they they recommend putting some like a paper towel or not paper towel, like a folded up dish towel in your hand between. I just do it so gently because like the flesh of yeah. the avocado is so soft that you're just like because you have your American. I've got my American to, avocado uh, ways. Yeah, you build up like I think Americans build up like a natural callus yeah. in the palm of their oh, hand yeah. that protects from the knife. For sure. <laughs> I am. Um, I do it the sensible way. I hold. I I place the avocado in my lap. And I use my other hand to steady it. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and then I, sta- and I do a stabbing motion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That reminds me. This is the worst. My, I, I, I think this is a co-worker. I was on some work extracurricular trip, and we were all on a bus going somewhere. And this job I had like 12 years ago, and I overheard my co-worker telling a story about her son, um, who was like two and had naked time the way kids like to have. And uh, she... <laughs> so horrible. She was letting him eat while he was sitting in this chair outside naked, and he was eating like cut up hot dogs. And they fell in his lap, and this dog came over. No, yeah, no, what? No, no, no permanent injury, but no. like you know, no, little no, hot dog no. bits in a kid's lap, and like Did, the dog bit his wiener. Dog bit his wiener. Oh, not, no. off, not off. Not off. Not off. Not off. Probably fine. Probably Jesus. fine. Jesus, I don't think she would have been telling the story if it this was. This is uh, why I don't have a dog, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also don't have a kid. <laughs> I was going to say, this is why I don't have <laughs> But just in case. I, you know, I could, things you I could honestly see my husband getting his dick bitten off if we got, if we got a, honey, a dog. Honey, it was hot outside. You know, you know I how know. I like to eat my hot dogs? <laughs> I was having me time. <laughs> oh, God. I still shudder thinking about that. Jared, uh, we've been through this. Naked hot dog consumption <laughs> yeah. or a pet. <laughs> so one or the other. Um, speaking of bad parenting, we got an email oh, from. Yes, let's um, read. Oh, I didn't see who this is from. I got to look through the emails again, but uh, I'll find it while you start on the story. Okay, we, we've talked a lot about autism um, uh, hoaxes and you know people thinking that uh, vaccines are linked to autism. So there's uh, this pretty upsetting and awful thing that this listener passed along. In case listener we weren't aware being of it, Adam Emanon. Thank you, Adam Emanon. There's a product out there called MMS slash CD protocol, which is essentially watered down bleach. But some parents force feed it to their kids because they think it cures various illnesses. As you know, but sadly they don't. Bleach is not good for humans. Um, there's a vice story here. I'll, it's pretty long, but uh, I'll try to skim it. Uh, the parents who give their children bleach enemas to, quote, cure them of autism. Ugh. So it's a substance called Miracle Mineral Solution. It has a cult following among a subset of the anti-vaxxer community where it's believed to be a cure from every, for everything from diabetes to AIDS. No. Oh, man. I'm going to go ahead and say, uh-uh. Uh, the FDA has been aware of MMS for some time. In 2010, it issued a warning that the product turns into, quote, a potent bleach that can cause nausea, di- uh, vomiting, diarrhea, and symptoms of s- severe dehydration if ingested. There are reports of at least one possible death from that. Uh, in January, children were removed from a home in Arkansas on the suspicion that parents were giving them the solution in some form. 
Uh, nevertheless, there are a number of people who are convinced that using Miracle Mineral Solution, anything that has Miracle in the name, like how does that not set off every... Yeah. Uh, medicine. Um, it's yeah. the Miracle Medicine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it all sounds a little cultish, it's because it is. MMS was, quote, discovered by a man named Jim Humble, a former Scientologist who started his own church called Boom. Genesis and there 2. it is. Oh, man. And uh, there it the is. church appears to be little more than a marketing or- organ for his alleged miracle cure, though it's worth noting that the site doesn't sell the actual wonder product it installs, but offers a host of supplementary materials like a video course for $200 on how to use it. Oh, Jesus. Guys, don't give your kids bleach if they're autistic. Or even if they, no matter what. Don't, yeah. And don't pay $200 uh, to find out how to give your kids bleach, you dum-dums. Yeah. Uh, MMS enthusiasts talk casually like they're swapping recipes about how many inches to insert the catheter into their child's rectum. Oh, oh my oh, God. Oh, fuck. Don't put bleach up anybody's butt, guys. If you take nothing else away from this week's episode. No. They need to wait until they're in their 20s and have a fully robust porn career before they start doing any butt bleaching. <laughs> yeah. I realize as I got into that, like, there then, are people who do that. Yeah. They have their reasons. But that's a skin thing. It doesn't go up there, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. It's because you don't want to see it like slightly darker skin around the asshole. Yeah, because that weird. would be disgusting. But like... When I'm looking at porn, I need every part of that person's skin to be exactly the same tone. Yeah. I want to see ghost porn. <laughs> I want to see Casper getting DP'd, yeah. That exists, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100. Um, I don't know how to transition from that into another story. That's so crazy. Um, I guess Casper is sort of slug-like in his shape. Is that a good segue, Matt? That's a great yeah. segue. Yeah, there's Casper the friendly ghost porn. Ew, is this oh, a you, story you, about slugs? It's not a gross slug. Okay. I mean, it's slug, so it's, slugs yeah, are This so is a nice sick. story. This is a good health story, yes. I think. This is a story about people who actually follow the scientific method mm-hmm. and are trying to do things to help people the good way. And okay. even, even icky things can be helpful. Quite a few sometimes. people sent us through last week and we didn't get a chance to get to it. Yep. Uh, slimy slugs inspire potentially life-saving medical glue. Ooh. The defensive mucus secreted by slugs has inspired a new kind of adhesive that could transform medicine, say scientists. Aaron, bi- oh, Aaron Minish, by the way, is one oh. of the people who sent this in. Thank but you, no, Aaron. Not the only one. The bioglue is incredibly strong, moves with the body, and crucially sticks to wet surfaces. The team at Harvard has even used it to seal a hole in a pig's heart. Experts. By the way, is that is that like literally or just like a pig? <laughs> <laughs> just, just the pig was going through a hard time and they just used it to seal that hole. It's a big you, bad pig amend, breakup. Yeah. yeah. Hey, up. little buddy. <laughs> I got some slug goo. I think you could There's use. There's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by slug glue. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so bio glue, uh, even on wet surfaces, experts have described the blue as, quote, really cool. <laughs> Good work, experts. <laughs> Was that like at a panel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super dope. <laughs> to be fair, they're experts in medicine, not words. Yeah. Yeah. They said there would be, quote, absolutely huge demand for it. That sounds more Trumpish, but uh, getting something it's to stick. huge. Huge. This demand is the biggest demand. <laughs> it's so great. Getting something to stick to a damp surface has been a huge challenge. Think what happens when you get a plaster on your a, finger wet. A plaster is a band-aid. A plaster on your finger. Is that what you guys call it? Uh, yeah, that's what really? they call band-aids in the UK. A plaster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never heard that. Really? And I was thinking like... Uh, I, I, I know not to say that to Americans, but I didn't know that you just wouldn't even register. Well, I was trying to figure if it was if a plaster Well, it's funny because band-aid cast. for us is like a brand name. That's what I, I was going to say. What What's the non... I think you would say term. adhesive bandage but you or something, say, you but you would never band-aid. say that. You yeah, would only say Band-Aid. It's the Kleenex of uh, adhesive bandage. It's a genericized yeah. trademark. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, think about yeah trying to get a Band-Aid on your, on your finger when it's wet. Um, the university's Weiss, or Weiss Institute for Biologically Inspired Engineering turned to the, quote, dusky... Arian slug. Arian, not like the race, but A-R-I-O-N, which creates sticky, <laughs> dusty None of those Arian. KKK slugs. No, maybe it's yeah. Orion, I don't know. Which creates sticky mucus as a defense against predators. We engineered our material to take on the key features of slug mucus, and the result's really positive. Researcher Dr. Jian Yu Li said, the bioglue they produced has two components, the actual adhesive and a biochemical shock absorber and uh, the incredible stickiness comes from the trinity of the attraction between the positively charged glue and negatively charged cells in the body, covalent bonds between atoms in the cell surface and the glue, and the way the glue physically penetrates tissue surfaces. Wow. 
Yeah, um, so it's the shock-absorbing component that's crucial. It takes the physical stress and strain so that the adhesive component stays stuck. Experiments published in the journal Science show the glue is not toxic to living tissue and is three times stronger than any other medical adhesive. Damn. Huh. Yeah, Dr. Lee told the BBC, I'm really amazed by this system. We have solved a big challenge and opened up big opportunities in the medical setting. The applications are particularly broad. Uh, The material is very tough, stretchy, and compliant, which is very useful when you want to interface with a dynamic tissue like the heart or lungs. It could be used as a patch on the skin or as a liquid injected into wounds deeper in the body. There's a dog going crazy That's upstairs. I guess just coming back from the block party, maybe. Todd upstairs is the guy who ran the whole thing. Yeah, so there's probably some nudity him. going on right there now, and that dog is just going for the... <laughs> Those hot dogs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dog just ate a bunch of little kids' yeah. oh, dicks, yeah. and he is ready to rock. You know oh, you know what it's like when you're all hopped up on dicks. <laughs> the pro- yeah, the problem is dogs, their brains don't function at a high level until they have enough... Oh, no, I'm sorry. They function better if they have any They need to have dicks. a low-calorie diet yeah. that yeah. makes them smarter, and they need to eat less dicks. If you're going to learn dicks a Dicks are incredibly high-cal. <laughs> so high really Baby dicks? Oh, <laughs> they're tiny, but they're packed, packed with calories and monosaturated <laughs> fats. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mm. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, that dog is chilled out now. So, yeah. <laughs> so it could be used as a patch on the skin or as a liquid injected into wounds deeper in the body. There are also ideas about using it as a way of releasing drugs to specific parts of the body or to stick medical devices to organs like those to help the heartbeat. The glue adheres to surface a surface within three minutes, but then gets stronger. Within half an hour, it's as strong as the body's own cartilage. What? Wow. Right? That's... So like a pacemaker, I wonder, like uh, that regulates heartbeat? Yeah, something like that. I guess you'd have like that super glued on with slug juice. Someone's very excited, by the way, that the per- the Dr. Chris Holland from the University of Sheffield, who they turned to for a quote in this story, said he's from the Department of Material Science and Engineering. He said it's friggin' sweet. That's- Pretty much. He said it's really cool, I must admit. It is clear that it outperforms the alternatives in the market, and oh my goodness, there is potentially absolutely huge demand. They are still at an early stage, but this kind of thing could be part of a surgeon's standard kit. But there is not yet a technology ready for medical use. So far, it has proven its capabilities mechanically in the, bo- in the laboratory, in tests on rats, and by sealing a hole in a pig's heart through tens of thousands of simulated heartbeats. I like What's how you simulator? say laboratory. Mm-hmm. And the Institute, which has applied for a patent... Do you like the way I say patent? Yeah, that's pretty good, too. ...says the glue is cheap to make. It's also working on biodegradable versions that would naturally disappear as the body heals. Oh, but it says there's one big downside. If you touch salt, you die. It does. Uh, Aww. Yeah, yeah, Do you have it too salty of a diet? Yeah, yeah. You s- Ugh. Good news, we've repaired your heart. Bad news is going very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I uh, like it. Professor John Hunt, the research uh, theme lead for medical technologies and advanced materials at Nottingham Trent, told the BBC the need for new adhesives as glue or tapes is clear to all healthcare providers. This one has the potential to improve healthcare and save lives. The research is really exciting. But the details of the biocompatibility will need to go beyond what is presented in the paper to guide the long term clinical efficacy, safety, and therefore the real medical applications. They didn't really mention anywhere, I don't think, whether you could use it for external cuts, did they? No, I was going to... It, it seemed like it's like it wouldn't be... Because like, they already have that sort of... Um, what's it called? The stitch stuff? Like, instead of getting stitches, yeah, you can just yeah. get, like... What is, what is that called? Like, second got... skin sort of yeah. stitches? So maybe that's, like, we're good with that or something? Oh, I don't... I, no, it does actually... say it can be used as a patch on the skin. Oh, okay. But no. I think this is more sort of permanent. So I think... It would be used more if you actually wanted almost oh. a full like skin cover. Right. It's not like a thing. Not that just dis- oh, like by. I think dissolvable stitches or yeah, liquid yeah. liquid stitches or something they have. Yeah. Have you ever superglued a part of your body? Have you ever cut yourself and used superglue? Uh, I've superglued like honestly when I first moved to LA, I used superglue for so much stuff to un- like to get my apartment ready that I I was googling every month. How do you get super glue off your skin? <laughs> like every, I was like, I should just bookmark this page. I yeah. look it up so much, but I've never really not two parts that are stuck together. Yeah. But I've yeah, got, I've got it all I've, over myself. Yeah, I've never used super glue for a cut. I've got 
glue on my fingers when I was trying to fix something. Yeah. Sure. You weren't just trying to see if, if you could get your fingers apart once you stuck them together? <laughs> no, not with super glue. <laughs> I've done that with other glues. Yeah, yeah. I've done that with, like, oh, what's the plastic glue that's really fun? Gorilla, gorilla glue? Oh, Elmer's. No, rubber, rubber cement? Uh, probably out of it. Yeah, well, you sort of, you, but also you sort of you can. I remember as a kid at school, like just we had that in the workshop, and you just pour it all over your hand and wait for a bit, and then you could just peel it off in a big plastic sheet. Oh, that's more Elmer's, I think. Um, I mean, is it, does it look white or does it look kind of? Yeah, clear? it's white. Yeah, and then it goes Elmer's. clear. Yeah, that's Elmer's. But it's always fun to make uh, boogers with rubber cement. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of glue, guys. I'm really... Yeah, so many fun glue, glue sticks. There's, I mean, you can have oh, fun with whatever. There's so much fun you can have with glue. Yeah. There's literally... Sniff it. <laughs> eat it. Eat it. Roll it up. <laughs> Paste. Old school also could be fun. Have you guys seen Love, Liza? The Philip Seymour Hoffman guy about the movie about the guy who huffs glue? No. <laughs> really? No. It's super dark, but it's great. I mean, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's He's nothing. in so much dark stuff. Yeah. Happiness, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That movie's so dark. That was like 20 <laughs> years ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Is it that long ago? I saw it. I saw it at a screening at university. There was like a cinema club. Yeah, mm. I remember liking it a lot of the time, but I don't think I would ever watch it again. Yeah, it's sad and s- s- dark. Yeah. It's the guy who did Welcome to the Dollhouse, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think. Or a woman? Is it a guy? Who is it? No, I think it is a guy. And I'm I'm blanking Todd on the Solons? name. Yes. Yep, yeah. that's who it is. There we go. Very good. Yeah. Pulled that out. Oh, then he made that one that was like uh, tearing down the people who tore down the guy in American Mu- Movie. Right? I don't know. I forget it. This what is way too. Is. Um, he was huh. mad at the way the guys in American movie were treated, kind of. I don't know what American movie is. The documentary about those low budget horror guys. The guys making this shitty movie called Coven, but they pronounced it Coven because they didn't know how you oh. pronounce Coven. <laughs> and it's kind of like a mean. It's not mean, but you know, it's like, look at these yokels trying to make a movie. Oh, gotcha. Um, anyway, this is not science related. No. Um,. Matt, do you have a story for us? I was just looking up uh, his movie. So his movies in order were... uh, Hang on, let me find the actual filmography. Uh, Well, Welcome to the Dollhouse, Happiness, Storytelling, and... Storytelling. Was that it? Palindromes, Life During Wartime, Dark Horse, Wiener Dog. There we go. Is Wiener Dog about the dog that eats baby wieners? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I was wondering who was going to make that, bring that to the big screen. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't realize it was a dachshund. That dog (laughs) would have to really get up there. It's really... It's They're kind vicious. of meta. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's sort of like... Um, a wiener dog ate a wiener when he was going for a wiener. That's he's, a lot of... He's self-hating. Isn't that some kind of... Isn't like uh, the theory of homeopathy is like, 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 fix it, like heals like. That's exactly Like it. also eats like. Yeah. Or something. We're all consuming ourselves at all times. Yeah. yeah. By the way, in Britain, sausage dog. You call it no, a sausage dog? Really? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Uh, I think that was one of those things that we sort of freedom fried during World War II. Uh, remember Freedom Fries when we hated the French because yeah. they didn't join our coalition of of the willing. Um, <laughs> in World War II, they, I think they started calling German shepherds. Are those also called Alsatians? They you know stopped using any German oh. words. So oh, they called, okay. They either changed the name of dachshunds or they or there were like dachshund beatings because they were perceived as German. Like I think German. I don't think the dog should have to suffer no, for the Nazis' uh, let decisions. Let me see what the thing was. This is actually, I think we've talked about anti-doxin propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sausage dogs persecuted. The fall of doxin during World War II. Yeah. Oh yeah, sausage dogs. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Snossages. Uh, Matt, did you find a story for us? Yeah, I do. But and we will put all of the stories. As always, on the Squarespace powered probablyscience.com website, where you can also find the donation button that has been used this week for recurring donations. Uh, thank you very much, Pat- Pandora Young. Thank you, uh, Patrick Adam Chalkley. Thank you, uh, Callum Gleason, Drew Chapman, Matthew Arnold, and thank you, loads, Rosalie Simonich. Jeez, you guys have got money pouring I've now in. Forgotten. No, no, yeah. Yeah, she, she still somehow managed to get a monthly donation, which we thought YouTube had stopped doing for some reason. But maybe maybe they haven't. Not YouTube. I'm sorry, PayPal. Um, um, but yeah, thank. You. I I don't know. We'll, we'll work it out. Yeah, we but can check it out. Thank you, all of you. I was going to do the story that Justin Broad sent in because this is a little uh, biblical story. Oh yeah, I like this one. I like it too. Ancient. So, according to the Bible, the Canaanites were wiped out. 
but ancient DNA shows that they survived the biblical slaughter. Are you telling me that some aspects of science might refute the things that we know to be true that are written in the Bible? I am... I, I don't I um, You guys, I gotta go. I yeah, can't I, I can't be part of a podcast just that, that acts like the Bible is not written by God. I'm saying that some of them might be modern-day Lebanese people, according to the first study to analyze their DNA. The Bronze Age Canaanites lived between 3,000 and 4,000 years ago in the region now encompassed by Israel, Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan. And despite being the first group known to use an alphabet and appearing many times in the Bible, they left few written records. But in a research published today in the Miracle Journal of Human Genetics, an international team of geneticists has mapped the mass migrations that occurred in this tumultuous region by reading the DNA of the region's ancient and modern inhabitants. What is exciting is that we can see the genetic continuity between the Bronze Age population and the present-day one, says Dr. Mark Haber of the Wellcome Trust Sandra Institute in the UK. And the study found that over 90% of the ancestry of modern-day people from Lebanon was derived from the Canaanites. We know from history that after the Bronze Age, the region was under a lot of expansions and had conquests. And you would expect that those would have brought new gene flow, but the DNA... Uh, in the DNA, we see that the present-day population did not change too much from the Bronze Age population. Analysis of genetic traits found the ancient Canaanites would have looked very similar to today's Lebanese population, except maybe a little darker in skin tone. That's so interesting. Like, if you, if you got, like, a 23andMe done, like, and it was like, Canaanite. you're a yeah, Canaanite. You're a Canaanite. <laughs> I know the Bible says you shouldn't exist. You are a 1% Mesopotamian. <laughs> like, it goes so far back. And you're a Samaritan. You're a good Samaritan. <laughs> yeah. A good Samaritan. A Sumerian. Um, and uh, to track the changes over time, Dr. Haber and his colleagues compared five whole genomes recovered from human remains found in the area of the ancient Lebanese city of Sidon with the genomes of 99 Lebanese living in the region today. One of the most exciting parts of the research was to get DNA out of the specimens. Dr. Haber's colleague, Chris Tyler Smith, said, I presume he means the older uh, Canaanite specimens and not just the living human ones. Mm -hmm. But, like, one of the most exciting parts was to get the DNA out of these people over here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Tommy over here. (laughs) It was really exciting. Loved giving him a cheek scraping. (laughs) But uh, depending on the environment, the DNA in bones decays at different rates, and the Lebanese coast is both warm and moist, which is not good for preservation. So to extract enough DNA for the study, the researchers targeted bone found at the base of the human skull, which is extra dense and was recently identified as a very good source of DNA long after it's decayed elsewhere in the skeleton. Uh, Alan Cooper of the Australian Centre for Ancient DNA, said the study was hard evidence that God's biblical command, as described in the book of Deuteronomy, to totally destroy the Canaanites was not carried out. Clearly the Bible's wrong in the sense of the Canaanites being smitten. Uh They were clearly not smit too well, says Professor Cooper, who was not involved in the research, but can clearly throw some shade. (laughs) And in fact, other parts of the Bible discuss the Israelites' failure to follow the command... And wipe out the Canaanites. Oh, so hang on a second. Bits of the Bible might agree with this. Mm-hmm. Professor Cooper says the new study provides valuable insights into when shifts in the population occurred in the Near East and ancient times. Genomic changes occurred between 6,600 and 3,550 years ago, with input from migrants from the East genetically related to Copper Age Iranians. And again, between um, 3.75,000 and 2.17,000 years years ago with the introduction of Eurasian ancestry. No, Eurasian ancestry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Got really tense in here. Yeah. Well, it's been nice doing yeah. this podcast. <laughs> so cool to be on the finale episode, you guys. I do not have to put up with that kind of treatment. <laughs> I'm like, rubber. you're like sn- a slug glue. <laughs> <laughs> well, bounces off me. Sticks to you better turns than human into, cartilage. Turns into cartilage. <laughs> I don't know why I was doing. I think I was doing a, a, a the mooch voice when yeah. I was doing that. I don't know we're why. just we're all in hey. mourning, right? Yeah. I think we all just kind of miss the mooch. More like Rain's penis. Did you hear that's what he called? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wait, what? 
Reigns? How do you say it? Reigns? Reigns. Reigns Previs. His nickname for him was Reigns Penis. Like we, the most. Wow. We spent the second grade. We spent uh, this so morning bad at nicknames. writing the diary of Scaramucci. Oh, God. That for the Amazing. final segment of our show that should be being broadcast right now. Oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, listeners, don't forget to tune in Jim Jeffries every Tuesday at 1030. Is that correct? Uh, yep. Yeah. Or more likely watch it. Um, and right. whenever you watch things on the internet or through on demand or that kind of thing. Yeah. Professor Cooper says the genetic continuity Dr. Haber and his colleagues found also helps to solve the mystery of the Phoenicians, which are the natural descendants of the Canaanites in a mystery. They were all over the Mediterranean, but we couldn't find any skeletons to gather their DNA from. And there didn't seem to be any natural cultural descendants. So to find the area in which they were located, which is Lebanon and the surrounding Levant actually has the same genetics today shows that while the cultures transmogrified the people stayed much more statically in place than the cultures would have suggested so basically they changed as cultural people but they were coming from the same people okay there you go mm, there you do go i know i know kari you were really mourning the canaanites you were worried because <laughs> you've said that to me before we've hung out at like festivals yeah. and comedy clubs and stuff you well, after you get a few drinks in you, you always get a little bit weepy and start talking about I'm the Canaanites. Like, I love the Canaanites. <laughs> Why Where did they, they have go? to do so much smiting? <laughs> they were so good. They were so nice. They just. <laughs> By the way, smitten. I just two gins, and all I do is mourn my Canaanite <laughs> friends. It's bad, but I'm glad that you figured it out. That really, they they never went anywhere. Yeah, They've been so here they, the whole time. They, I know this it. is my fucking Dorothy <laughs> moment. The, you were there, <laughs> and you were there. This is my scarecrow <laughs> and the, lion. The Canaanites the, were the inside Canaan. us all along. They were there the, the whole time. poster. It was yes, that I carried that was you. that the Canaanites were carrying <laughs> yeah. me when there was, it was only just one that Lebanese set. guy. Yeah. yeah, I do get a lot of Lebanese piggyback rides. So <laughs> you do. This all really. This all really tracks. I didn't know that smitten meant was it was a verb tense of smite and smote and because then if you're smitten with someone like you're saying that they like slayed you with how much you have a crush on them. Oh, I didn't. I thought you know that I mean? like that smitten. was a two T versus one T. No, in this article it has smitten with the two T's. I, uh, so is that just like you're slaying me with how much I'm I'm crushing on you? I guess I'm that makes sense. I was you? floored. Yeah. Oh, floored. I thought you meant flawed, like imperfect. Yeah. We no, all I mean F L O O R E D. Human. <laughs> yeah. Floored. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I was taken aback. Yeah. Bowled over. Smited me with your. Yeah. Beauty. There's a lots of expressions for that kind of thing that. Yeah, but I never put it together that smitten, smitten and smite and smit, were together. Smit, 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 smit. I hadn't either. I guess smote. Like, yeah. Hey. Do we have. Oh, sorry. What are you going to say? Well, do you want to do one last one, or do you want to wrap things up? Well, we've got to wrap things up soonish. But do you have a quick story? Well, this is. It, it's barely science, and it is Trump, and we love talking about Trump, so I don't know. Do you want to just uh, hear one psychologist, one psychiatrist's opinion on uh, the whether fact, the his fact that dementia we should be allowed to talk about? I didn't. Have you heard of the Goldwater Rule? I could just sum I have this heard up of the Goldwater Rule. Okay. No, I haven't. I hadn't heard of this. This arose in the aftermath of a, of a libel suit won by defeated Republican presidential candidate Barry Goldwater, who had sued Fact Magazine for publishing an article that featured psychiatrists' offhand diagnoses of Goldwater's alleged mental illness. Yeah, basically the campaign was like, this guy's unstable and here's a psychiatrist to testify to that. Oh, is this why like now, that whenever they to. say in an article, they say, Dr. Matt Kirshen, who has not treated, the, who has not treated Angelina Jolie, yeah. says uh, this about her. And specifically when it comes to psychiatry even more so, and psychology, the organizations, the professional industry organizations have rules in place because of this Goldwater case that, yeah. that say, hey, you can't, you shouldn't go diagnosing people with mental conditions off the back of who you've never met who you've never met yeah. who you've never examined and so uh, there's there's a there's a an editorial in boston globe by a psychiatrist named leonard <laughs> leonard jesus leonard i ate too much i yeah if i'd gone locale at the street fair i would know how to say the name leonard jesus leonard glass um who has tried to challenge the apa on the goldwater rule and in response the apa doubled down on the goldwater rule uh, I mean, specifically because of Trump, they've been like in the wake of his election and widespread musing um, or the widespread musing by opinion writers as to how to explain the unprecedented and hard to fathom behavior of this guy. Uh, he and a group of psychiatrists wrote to The New York Times bemoaning the absence of informed comments on that topic. The APA doubled down on the Goldwater rule without changing the language of the rule. Its ethics committee put out a new expanded interpretation asserting that any statement by a psychiatrist about a public figure's mental health without a full in-person examination of that figure, as well as the patient's authorization 
to disclose the findings was forbidden. Um, then last week it was widely reported that a smaller but influential mental health organization, the American Psycho- Psychoanalytic Association, had informed its members that, quote, they should not feel bound by the Goldwater Rule. So there's this uh, fissure that's developed about this. Um, yeah, so this, this guy is basically uh, saying, let's see. Uh, for instance, while it might seem obvious to some citizens, others haven't recognized that Trump's continual boasting and proclamation of great confidence in his ability to solve complex problems rather than reflecting mature self-confidence suggests bluster and posturing, which disguise insincerity, uh, his inability to tolerate new divergent opinions and his lashing out impulsively at those who differ from him demonstrate an impulsivity that could interfere with processing important new data that run contrary to his prior opinions. Um, basically, all these things that we know. And but Here's my problem with it. Okay. Yeah. We already know this. We already but know. Saying that we maybe, already know that Trump is sort of unstable and bullshitting. We do, but some people haven't recognized that. But fact. here's what I will also. But but those people who haven't recognized that fact, and I knew this anyway. But it was even more hammered home last weekend. I was at Politicon doing something for us for the Jim Show, which is this big political conference, and I was I was surprised by how not uniform it was like yeah. i i thought it'd be mostly lefty people because we're in la but it was actually extremely mixed in terms of attendees there are a lot of red hats around there were a lot of non-trump republicans there were a lot mm. of libertarians and then there yeah. were lots of there was every shade of left from the sort of the bernie people and the more like straight down the line democrats and then sort of the anarchist and activists and so on yeah but talking to some of the hardline trump people and i knew this already but th- like there's not a hope in hell that anyone who's sort of on the pro-Trump team is going to get convinced by a psychologist, like a, an expert with doctor in the title saying, this man has these... Deli-. No, it's just, it's, like it's, that's well, it's not what sways say, them. It's one thing to say you don't think it would be an effective thing for them to be able to say it. It's another thing to say they can't say it if it's actually data-driven and responsible right. and done ethically as as... Leonard says. Also, is anybody trying to use psychiatrists or psychologists to actually sway Trump voters, or are they trying to use it as a way to impeach him that he's unfit, that he's yeah, has that he has a dementia? The... Like you hear all the the arguments that he has dementia or oh, like narcissist malignant got... narcissistic personality disorders, yeah. like all this stuff. Like I I agree with you. There's nothing to that will change their minds. But is yeah. that what they're trying to do with all this talk, or are they trying to say this is like? grounds for impeachment that he's 71 and he's losing his marbles yeah i don't know uh, yeah i don't think that- they're making that leap to say that that if we can just say this then we can actually start the process of oh right right right, yeah. right i think it should be okay for a professional person like for any other uh any other profession to say oh look i've never treated this person but i think symptoms of xyz typically equal abc or whatever right. That's to say, I don't treat him. I'm not diagnosing him. But they should you know? have heavy caveats rather yeah. than going like, "This person has this condition." Right? Yeah. Yeah. I am. He clearly, absolutely has bipolar disorder. Like they should not be saying that. Yeah. It's just yeah. Like he's talking to 14 year olds at a Boy Scout rally and goes off on this tangent about this guy <laughs> fucking women on yachts. And yeah, stuff. and goes, like, ah, I'm not going to tell you your Boy Scouts. Like he's a he's a fucking monster. It's it's whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, that was it, pretty much for that. I I'm interested to hear about what happened to Politicon. I want to hear about this more after I, off air. I I didn't get to experience that much of it because I was helping the filming with the things we were filming there all day. So I basically was running around just standing behind a camera making sure we got the right thing. How big is it about? It's pretty sizable. Like I was surprised by how big it how many attendees. It was at the Pasadena Convention Center mm-hmm. and lo- yeah, lots of people there. Did you see lots of people Did you see Anthony and Tamanek as Donald Trump? Uh, I did not. Oh, he was there. I, I did think. not see that. We did, I did see Ann Coulter, who ran away from our cameras. We went to the same high school. What, what? You and Ann Coulter? Yeah, I, I mean, went to the same college. Really? Yeah. Not the same time. She comes back to my town all the time to do book signings, and my dad gets me copies of her books signed to me, and I throw them away. <laughs> I cannot believe she didn't take any of the jokes they gave her on the on the roast. Oh, she's so dumb. Uh, oh, we also got Roger Stone. We did get it. Oh, yeah. Oh. The, there was a photo of Anthony with Roger Stone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kara, 
where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do and come to your shows and that kind of thing? Okay. Most of my info is at caraclank.com. That's K-A-R-A-K-L-E-N-K. Nice. All Ks. So many Ks. Um, yeah, so many Ks for a Jew. And <laughs> Three Ks. That's, um, that's a yeah. number of Ks to have. <laughs> it is. Mm. Um, but yeah. And I'm on Twitter as that and I'm on Instagram as that and all that stuff. So... Chat. And I starting on Monday, August seventh. I have a weekly show at the UCB Sunset. If you live in the Los Angeles area, called Sweet. "If You Build It." Sweet, is that a stand-up? That's show? a stand-up show. Yeah, nice. Check that out. Yeah, Kara's very funny, and I'm sure so are the guests on that show. Thank you. I'll have Thanks you guys both us. on it too. Yes, obviously, that's the only reason. You know, that's yeah. the only reason we did this. Yeah. So <laughs> find Kara there. You can find us at probablyscience.com and on Twitter at Probably Science Facebook slash Probably Science you can email us with questions comments clarifications stories you'd like us to talk about probablyscience at gmail.com you can donate through the website you can also spread the word write nice things about us on iTunes subscribe if you're not already subscribing yes. give us good ratings on iTunes and on other podcast listening apps that have rating systems because that helps us a lot <laughs> tell people about us follow us individually at andy t wood and at matt kershon check out the jim jeffrey show i think i have plugged everything i need to plug andy have you got anything else i just remembered that um the three years ago when i first went to burning man and i mentioned that i was i actually ended up meeting some listeners there so i'm going again this year so if listeners are going uh hit me up on twitter and we'll figure out a way to meet up cool I know that's the cool. dorkiest thing. No, that's uh, fun. Okay. <laughs> when is Burning Man? It's the, always the week before Labor Day. It always finishes on Labor oh, Day. Oh, cool. So it's like the very end of August. Hot time to go. Hot, hot. I'm going to Portland this weekend. Actually, if anyone's coming to Pickathon, I'll be emceeing there. So it's going to be 106. Oh, it might sh- break the all-time Portland heat record this oh weekend. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Go see a sweaty Andy Wood. Yeah. Oh, my Pick-a-thon. God. It's going to the sweatiest. Yeah. Pick-a-thon Check it out. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Kara. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.